Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat, or worse, I'll make you listen to this whole damn show. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, sometimes spooky stupid, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Right now, it's uh, Tuesday afternoon, October 31st, and in just a couple hours, demons will possess my mind, and I will be out on the front porch scaring kids in a brand new neighborhood. So we'll see how it goes, and I'll uh, hopefully post something tonight on Facebook for you. Maybe see some pictures. Never know. All right, in the meantime, in uh, tonight's show, uh, by request a uh, review of Cornell and Deal's Havana Daydream and then my guest tonight is uh, the maker of RD Pipes Ron Powell and we'll have uh, music slightly for the holiday but kicking off the holiday season I love this one so and a mailbag and a uh, and a rant all that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show uh, so hopefully uh, you all are enjoying your fall weather, and uh, yeah, we finally got some really cool nights here, and uh, got down to right around freezing, and it feels like it is actually the end of October going into November. Uh, remember, this weekend is the West Coast Pipe Show. Come up, say hi, hang out. You know what? Maybe we'll all gather around a table and uh, sit and smoke a pipe, because I won't have a... Uh, We can sit around a table in the lounge area just off the show floor because I won't have a table to worry about. I'll be uh, free-floating and uh, loafing about and having a good time, and maybe I'll uh, even try recording a little bit of audio from the show. Uh, Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Do make sure that now that it's fall that you're out and smoking your pipe out and about and letting people see what a pipe smoker looks like. And, uh, hey, maybe we'll uh, inspire a couple others to smoke a pipe as well. And uh, it's great weather. I love this time of the year. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. All right, so my uh, scary task for me was to smoke a blend that has Latakia in it, uh, recommended by uh, Dylan Forsyth. Uh, this is Cornell and Deal's Habana Daydream, and first of all, let me say a shout out to Cornell and Deal for two things. Well, three things. One, they spelled Habana, H-A-B-A-N-A, the correct Spanish way. Uh, two, the label is really clean and easy to read and simple to identify, not a lot of uh, overly fluffy stuff on it, and uh, just really nicely done. Uh, and three, it had been a while since I looked at any Cornell and Deal product, I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's a two-ounce. It's a two-ounce can. So, with the with the can being two ounces, that means it's essentially a quarter ounce more than what anybody else gets in a 50-gram tin. And, uh, you know, it's about priced the same as most 50-gram tins. All right, so opening up the can and the first uh, 
the first impression is that it, it almost smells like it's like it's got a, a a casing to it of some sort, a top note to it of some sort, but it doesn't. It does not. It's got a uh, it's got a nice little bit of uh, a little bit of a tobacco aroma behind it, and it's got a little bit of a a sweet kind of a fruity smell, and I'm going to assume that's from the uh, from the perique coming through. Uh, On the back of the tin, it says, hand-blended in the Carolinas, a flavorful blend of Virginia's Perique, unsweetened black Cavendish with a dash of Latakia and a spoonful of rich cigar leaf. So I think what I'm smelling in the can is is literally the the cigar leaf and the Perique are prominent in the tin aroma. The other thing that I first noticed when I opened up the can and started looking through the leaves of tobacco was uh, they press this first. And by proof of them pressing it into flakes first is that there was a couple of big chunks of flake in there. Now, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of having a big bunch of flakes in there because that means that, you know, i got to break it up. But at the same time, uh, that's an added cost that's involved in the process of making the blend. Yeah, they could have just blended it out and uh, you know kept it loose, and but no, they actually pressed this into a cake first, and then uh, and then cut it and spun it back out again. All right, now I uh, because it's got Latakia in it, I'm going to um, skip past a lot of the um, I don't like Latakia stuff. So let's just say that the uh, uh, the I had one briar pipe that I was willing to smoke it in, and it did well in that pipe. I will say that because the moisture content is lower than most of the uh, most of the premium pipe tobaccos that you that you see, again, you're probably getting a little more tobacco, and that's in a two ounce can than you would in a comparative fifty gram tin. Uh, but you could also pack a lot of tobacco into a bowl, so like a group four size traditional Dunhill bowl. I think I pretty much smoked that pipe for about uh, two and a half hours off and on while I was uh, doing some stuff around the house. Uh, I put it in a uh, I put it in a couple of corn cobs, and I wish I really had a corn cob of a larger size. And I think that corn cob of a larger size would have helped. Uh, helped smooth the blend out for and made the flavors a little bit more prominent Uh, but what I found personally in all three different pipes that I smoked it in was the first third to half of the bowl I could pick up the cigar leaf I could pick up the perique it had a uh, piquant or pungent uh periquiness to it that I like at the same time it had the Latakia in the background and then by the bottom half of the bowl it seemed like the Latakia took over or it could just be my sensitivity to Latakia either way I found it really cool smoking easy to smoke very dry uh, and again very easy to pack a good amount of tobacco into the bowl without overloading the bowl and smoke it for a good long time. So that that's a huge benefit. Uh, my suggestion is somebody who is looking for a little bit more uh, non-cased, non-flavored, but a little bit more aromatic smoke and is used to smoking English blends, this would be perfect. 
or uh, somebody who is uh, looking for a uh, a simple trial way to get into some English blends, this would also be perfect. Uh, I think it could be smoked all day if you like if you like Latakia. Uh, if you don't like Latakia that much, I think it could be the end of the day. It is a, a little bit intense tobacco experience, and it did at times give me a bit of a uh, nicotine head swoon, which was okay with me because I kind of like that. A uh, couple of reviews off of TobaccoReviews.com and uh, my friend Pipe Stud, Steve Fallon, who I'll get to see his wife and Steve uh, this weekend, uh, writes, uh, gives it four stars and writes, Habana Daydream is a must-try tobacco. Similar blends? Well, maybe Robusto if you tossed in some extra Perique. I found this combination of flavors to meld perfectly. I did taste the cigar leaf, the Latakia, the Perique, and the Virginia in varying waves. Uh, some puffs left me the, with the impression of Sweet Virginia. Other puffs left me with, almost, with an almost Dunhill nightcap type of sensation with Latakia and Perique. This one has a lot of muscle too. Nicotine content is indeed high. And as for the taste, once the bowl is consumed, you'll know you just had a smoke. So there's the uh, there's a positive review and and for a review that is uh, not so favorable, uh, we go to Siba Siba written because I'm. Uh, I'll be honest with you. This is this one's reviewed well. It comes in at three point three stars, and to find a decently written negative review was uh, was not that easy. Uh, anyway, this reviewer gives it two stars and says this is one blend that actually tastes a lot like smoking a cigar. Compared to say Key Largo, this one is clearly more stogie. It tastes good and burns great, so there are no real complaints there. Technically, this is one great blend. Personally, I want a bit more pipe tobacco in the profile. Otherwise, I will smoke a cigar. But I still enjoy this and would gladly smoke it any time if treated. I just don't think I will buy it myself. There you go. Um, yeah, and again, it's a you know, it's a well-made blend that smokes well and just wasn't in my wheelhouse personally. But I think that anybody that's looking for uh, Looking for something that, you know, there's a little Latakia, a little Perique, and a little bit of that cigar experience. Habana Daydream from Cornell and Deal is a perfect choice. And in just a minute, Ron Powell. This is Internet Radio. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well the exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is uh, Ron Powell, pipe maker of RD Pipes. And I guess Ron, it's fair to say that you're not um, you're not one of these uh, young hipster kids that's got a beard and uh, has been smoking a pipe for about three years and decided to start making a pipe, are you? No, sir. <laughs> well, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, thank you. All right, so uh, let, let's get to know you. Um, where you know, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And uh, and if you could give us a hint as to how many years on this round ball you've uh, you've spent, that'll uh, that'll let everybody know that you're not one of them young kids. Okay, I'll be sixty four this December. Uh, I was born in a, at the time a little town, uh, Oregon City, Oregon. <laughs> up on a hill and uh my parents well, my parent moved to uh california i lived there for quite a while i pulled up roots as soon as i'd get out the door and moved to idaho <laughs> and uh come back for some reason i don't know why california got married and somewhere in that mess, I, uh, I moved to uh, Texas around, uh, oh, 79, 78. Anyway, I was here for a year and uh, got called back to California, literally. Um, I was there for a little while longer and decided I had enough of it and came back to Texas found this place in uh, East Texas, little little town at the time I moved here. I think it was about 500 people. Now it's, uh, I think, 1,500. Uh, Lindale, Texas. And been here, oh, I think 13 years now. Do you have more than two stoplights in the town? Oh, yeah. We got, uh, let's see, one, two... Three, uh, may have four, <laughs> but that's all along the one highway there. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it is small. But. So picture uh, Friday night lights, and uh, the big thing is when the high school's playing football. You got it. You got it. Yep, and after dark, not much to do, is there? No, no, not really. Uh, of course, uh, you go to Walmart. <laughs> yep, one of them. <laughs> oh well, heck, then then you're a major metropolis now. Oh yeah, we've had that Walmart here about five years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you start smoking a pipe? Oh, let's see. Uh, back in. Um, yeah, come on, Ron. Uh, in the, I want to say late 80s, okay? Um, I always liked pipes for some reason. I I don't remember anything in childhood, uh, parent or uncle or anything, but there was something about the pipe that really intrigued me. And one day, I used to do a lot of garage sailing. 
And there was a whole collection of pipes. And I mean by whole collection, there was uh, about 50 or 60 pipes. And there was Peterson's and uh, uh, some Danish makers that I can't pronounce the names real well, so we won't go there. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and some other ones. And, and they were, there wasn't a Kay Woody or anything like that in a bunch. That's what was really neat. Um, so I, I bought them. I think I paid, uh, I think I paid about a dollar a piece for them or less. And I walked out of there paying fifty dollars for all the pipes and and the racks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was right. And uh, oh, I went home and I cleaned them all up. For the racks, you know, and I grabbed one and and I didn't have any tobacco. So well, you know, we'll go to the store and we'll get some tobacco. Got me some mixture seventy nine. Uh. <laughs> I tell you, I might be able to smoke this stuff now. First, first thing off, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said, why does anybody smoke a pipe for us? So I, I tried a few more times. I, uh, some guy introduced me to some Virginia that was really good. I really liked it, but then his shop closed, and I couldn't find it anymore. Try to get other B&Ms, and I asked for a Virginia, and I get this dark stuff. I said, no, I want that light stuff. Said, oh, that's all we got here. So I tried that, and that, that was, you know, uh, you know, got the tongue bite and all that stuff that everybody gets when, you know, you're first smoking a pipe. And I laid it down for a while, you know, and uh, a, few, a few years later, I I had sold all my pops off, and, except for a few, and uh, pulled a pipe out one day. I says, hmm, let's try this again. I tried it again. I don't remember exactly what I was, what I started with then, but it wasn't too bad. Still getting some bite. And I found these forms on the internet. So I joined one. And uh, some really good people there. I learned some real good things. And uh, one of the fellows um, didn't say who he was or anything. He just sent me this package. And in it was a, a tin of Escudo, a tin of, um, come on, Ron. We're going to run into this a lot. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, uh, it was a Latica blend that had the airplane on the front. I know the name. I just can't think of it right now. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> Squadron Leader. Yep. Yeah. So I popped open that tin of the Scudo. Wow. <laughs> what a difference. I says, this is what it's all about. And I've been hooked on that ever since. Squadron Leader was all right. But... Not my cup of tea at the time. Nowadays, I'll, I like Dunhill 965. That's pretty good. But I only smoke it in the summertime, which is, for a lot of people, uh, I guess they don't like it in the summertime. They'd rather smoke it in the wintertime. But. Well, they don't live in East Texas where you need to knock the mosquitoes down with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. I've never had any problems with mosquitoes. They, they'll bite on me. And they'll they'll go away. I've never gotten bitten by a mosquito in my life. 
<laughs> You're lucky. Chemical in my skin, they don't like. <laughs> so about about what year was this that you discovered a scudo? Oh, seven years ago. And and then it's been downhill ever since, huh? Yep. <laughs> well, I've I've uh, I've acquired a taste for quite a few tobaccos. Um, my God. Some of them I, I, I liked right off the bat, you know, and uh, smoked a lot of it for a while, and then, then I found something else I liked, and I smoked that, and it was strange. I, I go back to that other one, and somehow it just wasn't the same. And uh, I, I found a lot of that with, uh, like, uh, I still smoke a Scudo, but now I, I smoke ODF also, and... For some reason, I don't, my palate, um, the ODF has kind of spoiled me, or ruined me, shall I say, from <laughs> uh, other tobaccos. So I'll go back to some tobacco I really liked, like, uh, for instance, uh, Tilbury. Yep. I really like Tilbury. And I had a bowl of it last night, and I said, man, this isn't what I remember at all. It was okay, but nothing... Nothing I really crave like from before. Do you, do you think your uh, maybe your body chemistry's changed or your I I don't know your your taste has gotten uh, a little more sophisticated or maybe that maybe all that really uh, all that good old Perique and and uh, Latakia has uh, killed your killed your senses for Virginias. Mm, yeah, you you could be very very well right. Um, Dunhill Flake I used to really like, and I got some aged, some good aged stuff, and my God, it bit me. <laughs> Boy, it bit me like a horse, and I said, no, I can't have any more of that anymore. Uh, Jim told me, uh, Jim Inks, of course that's not his real name, Yeah, but everybody knows who Jim Inks is. Um, he said maybe that uh, my palate just didn't like the age. It was like the fresh. But uh, nowadays, I don't know. The Virginia's just, they just don't do much for me. Um, if they don't bite, if they don't nip me a little bit, they're just kind of, uh, oh, what do they call that? Uh, it's just like, it's mono. It's not a stereo taste. It's just a mono taste. If you know what I'm trying to say, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Not very complex. Yeah, you know? it, it it begins to taste like um, warm air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there, you know, I basically started out with uh, Virginias, you know, and Burleys really bit me uh, over the counter, you know, Burleys, and now, geez. Early, so don't seem to bother me much at all anymore. So, <laughs> so how do you how do you get started making your uh, making your own pipes? Well, uh, you know uh, when I sold my collection off, and I come across that pipe in the drawer, I got back into you know I got back into pipes, and I thought, well, you know, I need more, so I bought more. And I bought more, <laughs> bought more, and uh, a, a lot of the states, 
I bet to this day, uh, out of over over 400 pipes I own, I bet only um, six or eight I bought new. They're all estates, so I, you know, I buy a bunch of estates and I would clean them up and I would keep the ones that I wanted. And I thought, well, I'll sell these. So I put them on that uh, popular auction site, everybody <laughs> knows, and I started selling them. And I did real well. So I just kept buying them, selling them, buying them, selling them, and, you know, and restoring them, naturally. And I do the whole nine yards to them, you know, ream them, clean them, polish them, and repair them. And um, I got to a point where I said, you know, jeez, um, maybe the next step is to make pipes. You know, and I had come across this forum, uh, a pipe maker's forum. And, you know, I, before that, I never realized it would be that it was, um, how do you say, that I could make a pipe. You know, I thought, you know, well, this is, this is a big deal here, and, you know, it's commercial, and commercial equipment, and there's something I'm not going to be able to, you know, touch. And I found out, I said, well, hey, I can make a pipe. Might not be good, but I can try. <laughs> so uh, I got me a kit from, um, um, who was it now? Yeah, well, I can't remember his name, but he's he's on the web. And uh, that made me a pretty ghastly-looking blue freehand pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had posted it on the, on the pipe maker's forum, and some people say, well, you know what, for your first pipe, that's not too bad. Of course, now I look at back at that pipe now, like, oh God. <laughs> but I, I started making pipes here and there, you know, and uh, I kept posting them. They, uh, they encouraged me, uh, and I uh, just, you know, as as I went along, I just I, I felt that I was getting I was thought that I was getting better, you know, so. Uh, I'd start posting them on forums, but they, you know, this is what I did, you know. And people got interest. So I thought, well, maybe I can sell some. So that's, I mean, basically how it started. Uh, I, I've always been handy with my hands. I mean, I, uh, since I was probably, oh, I don't know, 14 years old, I was fixing things all the time. Um, always did real good in art. Uh, was told I had, I had an ability, and uh, I always liked creating art. Uh, used to do a lot of sketching, uh, but I let that go to the wayside for a long time, and. Uh, and as you know, if you don't if you don't use it, you lose it. So it got to the point I couldn't really draw too well anymore. Uh, and this this kind of filled that gap, I guess, pipe making. I can uh, I express myself. Uh, I can make some 
art form. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of pipe makers uh, feel the same way um, and go through the same thing. It's just, you know, they, they'll make something and it doesn't come out exactly the way they like it. And they just, you know, they look at it as well. It's okay, you know. And I, I went through that for a long time. Um, now I'm starting to appreciate my work a little more. Uh, <laughs> and everybody keeps keeps uh, telling me that uh, I'm too hard on myself, but uh, that's how you get better. Everything I ever tried to make turned into an ashtray. Uh <laughs> That's a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, pipe shapes and uh, see what else is in the artist's mind. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, It's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, We've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco. Blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Ron Powell, and uh, Ron, did you did you do anything for a career that was creative or with your hands? Or did you... well, I was a truck driver most of my life. Uh, well, that, that's with your hands. Yeah, that's not really creative. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be, but not in a good way. That's <laughs> um, good. I was going to say, you could create ways to get cars out of your way. <laughs> like I said, not in a good way. <laughs> but uh, I was a CET for a while. That's a certified electronic technician. Um, uh, I failed um, DOT physical a while back, well, quite a while back, and uh, decided that... Uh, if the government was going to give me, uh, uh, sponsor me for a school, that I would try that. I always liked fixing things. And uh, at that time, I was fixing anything that plugged into the wall. So electronics was, uh, I thought, was a good, good idea. So uh, I got into that, and I had, uh, I had, I held a job for a couple of years. Uh, fixing microwaves and vacuum cleaners and stuff like that, but uh, as a real job of any, you know, real employment for a long time, no. But that would be about that would be about it. Just be a, a bench tech, 
at an appliance yeah. uh, place. I found out early that uh, you got just because you got CT at the end of your name doesn't mean you're going to make any money. <laughs> and, and we're living in an age of disposable electronics now. Yeah, exactly. Everybody throws everything away. And, yeah, I, I, I got my I got my first stereo sitting here in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't throw anything away. If, if I can't fix it, then it goes. But yeah, and I I, I enjoy antiques. So uh, I used to collect. Uh, antique electric fans. Oh. So I got a few of those left that I didn't sell off. <laughs> and it seems like everything I get into collect, I start, I start restoring and selling to buy more. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's a means to an end. <laughs> you're feeding your own habit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling. Um, I think it. I think it might be more of a character trait than an individual curse, uh, because uh, some of us uh, you know, get into something, and then next thing you know, we're reselling the stuff that we didn't want to keep the one that we did, and mm-hmm. and then before you know it, you got a whole pile of stuff in the corner that you don't want to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've. I, moving here, I had to sin out a lot, a lot. Uh, I, had, I had a vintage uh, antique appliance collection, uh, small appliances, toasters, coffee makers, waffle irons, irons, uh, toaster ovens, uh, you know, from the, from the early teens to the 50s. A lot of it was uh, Sunday. And when I moved here, uh, you know, it filled the whole carport, and I couldn't get it in. So I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to sell this stuff. <laughs> yep. That and a railroad and each, uh, the stuff I had, you just, you wouldn't imagine. I had a, the house I moved out of, I had it, every room was a different era, you know. Kitchen was in the 40s, the living room was in the 1800s, and, so you can imagine about what I had. It was just, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, that wasn't uh, that I had stacks of boxes that you couldn't walk in the door or anything. Like, I wasn't a hoarder. I just uh, never believed in getting rid of anything. There wasn't anything wrong with it. Uh-huh. And when I did, I needed it the next day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... Going back to pipe making, what's your favorite part of the pipe making process? My favorite part? Hmm. Well, um, all of it's all right. Um, I I would guess after I've turned it and shaped it on the wheel, um, the sanding and the staining... Um, I, I think I think that's probably my my favorite part. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I uh, hated sanding all my life. I, I used to work for Fender Guitars, and I was a sander there, and I hated it. Oh. <laughs> but uh, you know, here I am. Um, but yeah, I, I was a sander for um, Rickenbacker, 
until I became a painter there. You, you didn't happen to smuggle anything out there that you want to send to me. <laughs> uh, that has happened, but I had I was not involved. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that was a well, that was I was just uh, I was still in my twenties back then. Oh boy, those guitars back. All right, never mind. Uh, let's get yeah. back to pipes because I'm now yeah. I'm. Now I'm having uh, flashbacks of all those great fenders and um, anyway. Uh, is, yeah, bringing that grain out, you know, staining yeah. it and bringing that grain out and making that 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 you know the finished look is what I really like the best. Um, turning on the lathe uh, with my lathe, I have a 1945. Craftsman Dunlop six-inch lathe. Um, uh, a few pipe makers says you're not going to be able to make a pipe on that. <laughs> uh, well, being it's the only thing I had, uh, you know, you you find out how. So, and I still have that lathe, and I still use it. I still trying to save up for a decent one, but well, anyway, um, shaping them on the wheel, you know, I. It's okay. Uh, I have to do it outside. Uh, I haven't hooked up my uh, uh, collection system yet, although it's been out there for about a year. Um, I have to do it outside, so it, it can be, you know, it's hot outside. And shaping, I'm, you know, uh, I do okay, but I can't shape down to almost finished, like, a lot of other pipe makers I see do. I just, uh, I'm not there yet. Um, I shape down to where I can manage it with a file and sandpaper. You know, uh, that's where my, my major shaping really happens is at the bench by hand. Um, and then the, you know, like, like that, and the sanding and the staining, that's probably my favorite part. So that's kind of a combination of uh, half old school, half new school pipe finishing techniques. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a simple guy. I, I try to do things simple way. You know, um, the only thing I do on a lathe is drill um, and shape. You know, get the right diameter of the shank. And if I'm doing a bulldog, I'll taper that top of that bowl uh, but that's about it sometimes I do the uh, I'll do the bowl uh, size of the bowl but there's usually not much not much further I can go on that except for you know with my hands I just uh, I'm not that good with a lathe and my lathe ain't that good I mean it changes from day to day I go out there drill a mortise one day and 10 and 15 nice and snug and go out there and drill a mortise the next day doing it the same exact way and the tenon will fall out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like I said, 1945, it's seen better days. Uh, talking about shaping, is there a shape of a pipe that that's still giving you uh, fits? Uh, well, you know, I haven't tried a whole lot of shapes, you know. Um, 
I don't think I have anyway. I, I've done a, some brandies, which I like. Um, I've done some billiards um, I didn't like. Um, most of my pipes are rotations and bulldogs. And uh, I would think a bulldog would probably be the one of the hardest of the ones I do. And getting that diamond shank, that center line to peak all the way up to the bowl and end at the bowl instead of having a little triangular flat spot in there, I think is probably one of the toughest. Um, when I first started with the bulldog, just getting it s squared yeah. was was probably uh, well was probably was tough. Um, now I've developed another a different technique where it helps me keep it square pretty much, and I don't have too much problems there. But I I still work on the bulldog until I can do a bulldog in my sleep. You know that's when I figure then I can move on to a different shape. Um, I was just telling a form a couple of days ago, I think it was, that uh, um, I'm trying to get that shape down. and But I'm going to try to uh, expand on that shape, uh, stretch it to its limits as much as I can without going into the turd factor <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so so as not to make the same pipe over and over and over again I don't see how a lot of these pipe makers can do it that would just drive me nuts you know they'll make six eight ten or more of the same exact thing I, I just can't I have to have some difference there and, and, you know, I, I don't make what a lot of people, you know, will ask, well, hey, can you make this? I said, well, well, we'll see. I, I just, <clears throat> that was half my problem as an artist. Um, and uh, to go, I thought about I'm going to get a job to be an artist. They would tell you what to draw. Well, yeah. I can't do that. It's not because I don't want to. It's just that I have to be in the mood to do that. Uh, I, I, I have no other way of explaining it. It's just uh, if I'm in the mood to do a bulldog, I can do a bulldog. If I'm not in the mood to do a bulldog and I try to, uh, I'll end up having problems with it. It comes out a squat bent Rhodesian. <laughs> if I'm lucky. <laughs> They look like a billiard somebody stepped on. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I have to be in the mood for it. Uh, uh, a lot of the other pipe makers have mentioned to never never go walk out to that shop and start a pipe when you're mad or stressed for some reason. And I have to agree with them. Uh, I can't, if I go out there and try to do something, I can't. I can't do it. Because my mind's someplace else. I have to, I have to focus completely on what I'm doing. Nothing else can be going on. 
I got to be. I have to be focused. It's just the the way the way I am. It, it makes perfect sense. Where where do your pipes start out at price wise, and uh, where's the best place to go to see some of them? Well, um, my prices um, prices used to differ a lot, anywhere from oh, I would say one fifty to two fifty. Nowadays, you're cutting and shortened down a little bit. Um, I'm probably one ninety five to two twenty five right now. Uh, obviously, I think I've gotten better. So, <laughs> uh, and to see them, well, geez, you could just Google RD pipes, one word, and come up with uh, a few uh, places to see them. Um, right now, basically only on the forums. Um, I don't know if I can say the forums or not. Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, well, there's um, uh, Pipe Smokers Unlimited. There's Bob, uh, Brothers of Briar. There's uh, Smokers Forum. And last but not least, um, the Briar Patch. There you go. Uh, and if we want to get a hold of you, the email address is one uh, rdpipes at gmail dot com. Yes, sir. So now we got. Now you can uh, search around, see pictures of pipes. Email Ron, and uh, and he'll hook you up. And with that, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? What is your favorite pipe? Bulldog, Ben. And what is your favorite tobacco? Escudo. And what is your favorite drink? Coffee or iced tea. That's a that's a simple Texas Texas uh, diet right there. <laughs> yeah. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Well, movies are good, and so is music. I know I don't listen to music as much as I used to. So I, I, I have to go with a movie, I reckon. I'm not much of a reader. And the final question is, do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory that we haven't talked about? smoking memory well there's I don't have much company around here and uh, so I don't get to uh, sit down with anybody so that would be out um, I guess um, ever so often you load a bowl and it just surprises you and it's really really good and you don't want it to end and of course that's the time when you have only loaded the bowl about three quarters full. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of those magic pipes where all you can do is just sit back and smoke it, and you can't do anything else. That's it. That's it. You, you, you're afraid to do anything else. You might change it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in my case, I can't handle doing anything else at that point. So just sit back for the ride. There you go. And, there you go. And hope I'm not driving when it happens. <laughs> I, I never smoke in the truck. Uh, I don't smoke in the house. 
I I I never I I never don't smoke in when I'm driving. Oh really? Yeah, for some yeah. reason the car won't start unless the pipe's going. <laughs> yeah, it it's uh, I have a my, my I've been blessed with a with too good of a nose, and it just uh, it it lingers in the truck and then it turns into a dirty ashtray smell, and I can't I can't do it. <laughs> so I, I smoke outside. Occasionally, I smoke in the shop, but I can't get anything done if I'm smoking because I can't clench because I drool like a Saint Bernard. <laughs> yeah. I give up. They they said that 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 extra saliva in your mouth would go away after smoking a pipe for you know a while. Yeah, well, they lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, thank you very much for uh, joining us, and uh, thanks for making some uh, some great looking pipes. Yeah, well, thank you. It's been all my pleasure, sir. We'll be back in just a minute. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at one 888 366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are smokingpipes.com. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. Uh, I owe a big thank you to uh, whoever suggested uh, Ron as a guest and I can't remember who it is and I can't find my notes either while I was uh, skimming through there. But uh, great guy, never met him before, and uh, just a just a wonderful guy. And uh, check out his pipes. All right, for music. Uh, so <clears throat> you know me. I'm going to take a little bit different road traveled, and the song "Ghost Riders in the Sky" was uh, written in 1948 by uh, Stan Jones, who is a, a actor and a songwriter. And the uh, the first time it was really released and uh, made popular uh was in 1949 and 1949 it was recorded by none other than the one and only burl ives who every time i hear his name i just think of frosty the snowman and uh smoking his pipe and uh, burl was a uh, was a pipe smoker and a cigar smoker so here is uh, burl ives from 1949 doing ghost riders in the sky Cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. Upon a ridge he rested as he went along his way. When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw a plowing through the ragged skies and up a cloudy draw. Oh 
Their brands were still on fire and their hoofs were made of steel. Their horns were black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel. A boat of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky, for he saw the riders coming hard and heard their mournful cry. Gaunt, their eyes were blurred, the shirts all soaked with sweat. They're riding hard to catch that herd, but they caught him yet. Cause they've got to ride forever on that range up in the sky. On horses snorting fire as they ride on, hear their cry. on by him, he heard one call his name. If you want to save your soul from hell, ride on our range. Then cowboy, change your ways, today are with us you will ride. A trying to catch that devil's herd across these endless skies. What do you think? Yeah, the road less traveled is the road I choose more often. And uh, I, I just, every time I hear Burl Ives sing, it just makes me think of the holidays. And, you know, we're coming into the holiday season, and it's Burl Ives' time of the year. What in the hell? you got mail. In the mailbag, let's get a little news out of the way first. Uh, Father the Flame, the movie, it's almost done, and they are coming into the home stretch with a couple of different... Uh, they got they got a couple of different. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, say it. You can say it. They've got a couple of different festivals coming up, and a little bit of uh, money is needed to help get them over the edge. So they are doing an auction, and I want you all to go to www.3232auctions.com backslash Father the Flame, and the auction starts on. November 17th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and ends on November 19th at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, all I, all these items have been donated. They got some pipes. They got accessories. They got doodads and whatnots. And uh, you know what? Every little bit is going to go help bring this movie, this wonderful documentary film about uh, pipe smoking and the life uh, and the history of pipes to life. So... 3232auctions.com slash father the flame go there get registered and uh, get ready we've got uh, 17 days until the auction starts 
All right, lots of positive comments and feedback from uh, Tom on, and in particular, Newbroom says, I came to pipe smoking as a nicotine addict. When prompted to, uh, what prompted me to buy a pipe was taxes on my favorite roll-your-own blend that came with the only papers I could tolerate. How I stayed with my pipe and acquired many more is thanks largely to YouTube and the Pipes Magazine forums. The radio program has been a great resource, too, as a component of Pipes Magazine. Live and learn. Great show, guys. Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, you know, a lot of, uh, it just made me think for a minute there that a lot of, uh, a lot of pipe smokers, uh, a lot of people do come to pipe smoking because of uh, trying to kick the cigarette habit, and uh, I are one of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a great way to do it. It's a great way to get a little nicotine and a great way to relax, and uh, it, it's, you know, it's a perfect way to do it. Anyway, next, the Lord of the Pipe Rings, Brad, who I'll see uh, this weekend, says, Love hearing from Tom. His YouTube channel has done really well. It's nice to have so many different outlets for the hobby. Instagram for pictures of amazing pipes, pipe shops, beautiful blends, places to enjoy a bowl. YouTube is great to really get to know people more personally. Uh, For those of us in less pipe-populated areas, it's a way to sit down and have a bowl and talk pipes with people. Uh, through comment sections, video responses, and sometimes Skyping. Uh, It's also great for those of us that learn better visually. Uh, Facebook and forums are great great ways to connect with others around the world in the written form. Uh, I've noticed Twitter is good for contacting retailers and getting a quick response as to a pipe or blend availability. Uh, Not intending to step on toes, but Squire Radio's live feed gets a lot of Twitter traffic. Uh, Bo and John David will sometimes mention tweets live on air. As for pumpkin spice, I must say I do enjoy Sutliff's blend of the same name. I like the pumpkin cheesecake flavor, and the people around me love the room note. It pretty much only enters the rotation from late September to late November. Can't wait to see you at the West Coast show next weekend, Brian. Till then, stay safe and enjoy some sweet smokes. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just jump on one thing that... Uh, uh, that he said there, and that you know, some people visually they learn better. You have to, you have to see it, and uh, you have to experience it, and you have to touch it. And that you know, some people learn that way. Others are perfectly fine sitting down with a book and reading the book and learning that way. But there's all different options out there, and uh, maybe he can only handle the pumpkin spice for uh, you know two months because it's just too pumpkiny. Anyway, uh, then he can go on to Christmas spice. All right, uh, that's enough of that rambling and rant time in just a moment. Cowboy. Cowboy. Don't be offended if a pipe ends up becoming an estate pipe, all right? There's the basis for tonight's rant. Don't be offended if a pipe ends up as an estate pipe. Pipe makers and pipe retailers and pipe manufacturers, don't be offended if a pipe that you sold ends up as an estate pipe. All that purely means is that the pipe just didn't quite make the rotation for that pipe smoker. It doesn't mean it's a bad pipe. 
pipe buyers, if you buy a pipe, don't be don't don't be shy about you know, if it just doesn't work out for you, trade it off, sell it off, do whatever you can, get it out. If it's just going to sit there and collect dust, unless it's got some sentimental reason or you absolutely love looking at it, if a pipe doesn't work for you, just trade it off. Now, if you're a pipe maker and you're offended that somebody uh, somebody made one of your pipes become available on the estate market, well, don't feel bad. It's not that it's not that it's a bad pipe. It's that it just didn't meet that pipe smoker's uh, requisites, or just didn't end up in the top of the rotation. Uh, be happy that the pipe is out as an estate pipe. Maybe somebody will get a chance to try it and uh, find out that they like your style of pipes, and they'll try. It, you know, they'll be able to get it for a lower price, and you might have a new customer. What you should be offended is if a pipe ends up on the shelf just sitting there collecting dust and doesn't get smoked. That's where you should get offended. Unless it's a drop-dead gorgeous museum piece, every pipe meant, is meant to be smoked and meant to be smoked regularly by a pipe smoker and should be smoked often. If your pipe isn't getting smoked, then you should be offended. Alright, don't get offended over a pipe becoming an estate pipe. Pipe buyers don't worry about offending a pipe maker by making it an estate pipe. Most of them don't really care. Once they sell it, it's off on its own world and its own worldly travels. All right, there you go. Comments and questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. We've had a handful of feed uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes recently. I appreciate the, I appreciate those, even the three-star one with no comment. Uh, it doesn't bother me. That's what you think. You're welcome to your own thoughts and your own opinion. Uh, but please keep posting those. We do appreciate them, and they do help. Uh, post your comments on the pipesmagazine.com forums right there at the Pipes Magazine radio show page. And, uh, hey, got any ideas for the show? Email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, hope you all have a happy Halloween or had a happy Halloween. Hope you didn't scare too many people and get too, many can too much candy. And for those of you in Vegas, I'll see you in a couple of days. So with all that being said, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Ron for joining me. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just Sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy If you think this guy's face is scary, you ought to see what's between his.